Hallelujah. Somebody ought to give God a hand clap of praise right there. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's go right to the word of God. If you have your Bibles, go with me to John chapter 2. John chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. We're still, amen, in the series of stream makeover. Brother Warren, if you just give me a little bit more in the monitor. John chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. When you have it, say amen. 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 I still hear pages turn. If you don't, just say wait. Amen. I heard you. I heard you. Amen. And those that are able to stand, please stand for the reading and reverence of God's word. John chapter 2. And it says, this is out of the King James Version. It says, and, then the th- and the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother said to Je- said unto the mother of Jesus, amen, said unto him, they have no wine. Jesus said unto her, woman, what have I to do with thee? My hour is not yet come. His mother said unto the servants, whatsoever he said unto you, do it. And there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews containing two or more firkins apiece. Jesus said unto them, fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said unto them, draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast, and, there, and, they, and they bear it. Verse 9, when the ruler of the feast had tasted the wine that was made wine, which had tasted the water which was made, that was made wine, and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom and said unto him, every man at the beginning, though set out good wine, and when men have well drunk, then which is worse, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. empty your water pot. Turn to your other neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. empty your water pot. Come on, find somebody behind you. If there's nobody behind you, look up here towards me and say, empty your water pot. Now, find somebody across the way. I know it's rude at the point, but we just give you this one time to do it in church. Just point across and find somebody and tell them, empty your water pot. Father God, we give you praise, we give you glory, we give you honor for who you are, God, because you're God and besides you there is no other. And God, we ask and pray that you open up our hearts, our ears, our spirits, oh God, our minds, that we may receive the word of God. Not only receive it, oh God, but that we be doers of the words also, Father God. I pray, Father God, that this word will not fall upon deaf ears, oh God, but that even that you will convict us, oh God, if we're wrong and so that we can repent and have a true transformation in our lives. Devil, you are a liar. And you are defeated. We bind every type of distraction that may try to encounter this word. Oh, God, we, we, we know that the devil knows that, they're about, that we're about to receive a word for our lives. And he will try everything that he can to interrupt. But, devil, you are a liar. And you are defeated already. And, God, we give you the glory. We give you the praise. And we give you the honor. And all the God's people said, amen. amen. You may be seated. Amen. All praises be unto God to all of our elders and ministers, our deacons, our mothers, and to all of you in your respective places, what a blessing it is to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Here in John chapter 2, it tells a story of a wedding. 
Not just any ordinary wedding, but this is the first wedding in the Bible. And Jesus, and this is Jesus's where he will perform his first miracle. We all love being invited to weddings. We all love, we all love being there to see loved ones and friends unite together as husbands and wives. We love uh, receiving the invitation in the mail saying that we've been invited um, to the wedding. We love seeing the church that is so elegantly um, decorated. We love seeing the bridal party march down the aisle and and assume their positions. We love um, looking at the beautiful bride. But last but not least, we enjoy the feast at the reception but what happens when all of your planning when all of your money all of your time all of your tears that has been invested into this one day all comes to a rushing halt when there's no longer any wine this is the current dilemma that the people of Cana and Galilee are facing how embarrassing it is to have hundreds and hundreds of wedding guests and the wine runs out now we must realize saints of God look at somebody oh yes the preacher talking about some wine no 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 now they were not drinking wine to get drunk this was a part whenever there was a celebration going on they partook in wine but they were not drinking to get drunk they wasn't drinking to get on the dance floor and hear that song play so they can be able to get out there and dance they weren't drinking to make a fool of themselves and start saying things that they normally would not say but because they're a little intoxicated they have this stuff in their system they wasn't they weren't trying to get drunk but they were celebrating But how, oh, how embarrassing it is to have all of these guests, but all of a sudden you run out of wine. We assume you will be the talk of the town once everybody finds out. Oh, did you realize that you know the brother so-and-so got married yesterday and we there at the reception having a good time. They didn't run out of food, but they ran out of wine. Oh, you know what? I bet they didn't have enough money. I I knew it. I knew they were struggling. The spirit told me that they were struggling, you know. And we realize that we will be the talk of the town of the town we are 23 days into 2011 and the saints of God are excited about the new levels that we desire to go we're excited about the new opportunities that a new year um, brings we have some have claimed 2011 I'm receiving my blessings from heaven Uh, we're pumped we're primed we're ready to go but January has not even ended yet but some people's fire has already went out now, what's the problem? What, 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 what could be the problem? The problem is we've run out of wine. Many are looking for a fresh outpouring and, a, and an authentic move of God and are still and will try anything and will try everything to receive that outpouring, to receive that move of God. Listen, some, folks will, some people will go to 800,000 revivals. Just to get a fresh touch from the Lord. Some folks, you know, we have the preacher. That preacher tell you, turn around eight times. They'll turn around ten times. They do double than what you told them to do. You, somebody tell you to stop five with your neighbor. You'll stop five with ten neighbors to find somebody. You'll start shouting. You'll start bucking like Bambi. you get hands laid on by every bishop, by every apostle, by every minister, by every pastor, by every elder, by every prophet, by, by, but, by, by every prophetess. But only to come to the realization that in the end, you still come up short. Now, is it their fault that we haven't received our, our fire for 2011 or are we blocking our own flow? Is it our fault that we come to church Sunday after Sunday, Tuesday after Tuesday, we're expecting to hear a word from God and we receive the word of God and we're all excited. We don't ran around the church. We don't broke out with us and did all that stuff. But yet we find ourselves on Monday still right back in the same position we were 
when we left church. What I don't want to go, I don't want to go too fast before myself. Jesus' mother realizes the state of what's going on. She has yet to see the miracles that her son will perform, but she recognizes his authority and tells him what has happened. Jesus responds to her in the way that others may have felt that was rude, uh, but he actually, he said, he said, listen, what does this situation have to do with me? What does them running, out the, running out of wine have to do with me? He said, listen, it's not my fault they ran out of wine. He tells her that his time has not yet come. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? His time had, yet, had not yet come. Jesus was telling his mother, listen, mama, I'm not trying to be rude. Listen, what does this situation have to do with me? My time to perform miracles has not yet come. My time is not yet. But see, what happens is, what happens is, there's a thing called uh, when people become familiar with you. When people become familiar with you, they expect you, when they ask you to do something, they expect you to be able to do it right there on the scene, right when they ask you. All because they know you. Have you ever been someplace that somebody, listen, you may have saw them a few times, you may have had a conversation with them a few times, and you meet them, and you're at a place or whatever, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, they want to make friends with you because they realize that you're at a place where you have access to other things that everybody else wouldn't have access to. And they see, oh, you know what? I know, I know sister so-and-so. I know pastor so-and-so. And they try to connect with you all because they feel that now, listen, since you know me and I know you, I can add to whatever. And you can be able to do it for me. He tells her, my time has not yet come. The wine has indeed ran out. She expresses the want to Jesus, but Jesus is saying to us today, are they really desperate for the wine? Are they really desperate for what they need? Are they only looking towards me? Are they only looking to me for what I can give them? Or are they looking to me because I'm God? So many times, saints of God, we want and we want and we want and we go to God. We say, God, what well, I need this God. I want that God. I need you to move like this um, by this certain time. And we fail to recognize the authority and the power of God. Because we got to ask ourselves, are we chasing after God or are we, chasing out of, out of, are we chasing after the things that God can be able to give us? Let that, let that settle for a minute. Are you chasing after God or are you chasing after what God can give you? Jesus asked the servants to do something strange. He said, listen, why on earth would anyone pour water into an empty, into a dirty water pot instead of wineskins? The water pots were used for purification of the Jewish people. That means that the water pots were dirty and probably filled with dirty water as well. But the, that, the religious Jews, that the religious Jews used to clean themselves. So, and so for sanitation purposes, the servants empty out the dirty water and clean the vessels as good as the servants could before they would refill them with clean drinking water. It seems crazy because if you grab a glass that's full, if you grab a, a, a glass full of dirty water, how could it ever be filled with clean water unless it's empty out? What happens is, saints of God, we come before God just like this dirty glass. Got lipstick on. Now, you know, during our world, if you go to a restaurant and they bring you a glass of juice out and it has lipstick on it, you are not going to drink it. Amen? Amen. You're not going to drink it. And so we come before God just like this glass. Oh, God, I'm filthy. I'm messed up. I'm jacked up. 
I'm dirty. I got issues in my life that I don't want to deal with. But God, I want you to fill me up again. I'm going into 2011 dealing with things that I dealt with in 2010 that I have failed to face. And because I don't want to face that stuff, I'm more. Oh, it's a new year. It's a new me. No, it's not a new year and a new you. It's not a new year and a new you if you fail to recognize and to deal with the stuff in your life. If you fail to deal with the things in your life from the past, that stuff will come on with you into the new year. And so we come with God. We come before God like this class. God, fill me up. Okay, God, you didn't. God, fill me up. We get a little taste. Oh, yes. God, fill me all the way up. But God is saying, listen, I need you to deal with that stuff that nobody else knows about that's going on in your life. I need you to deal with that consistent and that constant sin that's in your life that you don't want to let go of. Because we're sitting there and we're crying out for God to do something new. And God is yet ready to do something new, Mother Henry. But we have a part to play as well. We have to deal with the stuff in our lives and say, God, if there's anything in me, like David said, create in me a clean heart, oh God. If there's anything in me, God, that's not like you, help me to be able to take it away. Because what sense does it make for me to come dirty and don't want to change and expect God to pour into me clean stuff when I'm jacked up on the inside. Why fill me up and I'm dirty? Why put a new suit on me and I have not had a bath? I have not shaved. I haven't put on no deodorant, but I'm expecting to look great. No, 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 no. The outward appearance can be able to look great, but on the inside you're stinking and you're messed up. And the only way you're going to be able to get over that stuff is if you face the things that's in your life. So many people are running. Ain't nobody chasing them. But they're running because they don't want to face the reality of what's going on in their lives. And they say, oh, if I can just get to the church house and the pastor lay hands on me, I'll be all right. Oh, if I can just get to some prophet and they prophesy to me, I'll be all right. Oh, if I can just sow a thousand dollar seed, I will be all right. No, 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 no. You can sow a thousand dollar seed. You can come and have the preacher lay hands on you. But until you realize the condition that you're in and face the stuff that's in your life, everything that you do be done in vain because you're trying to cover up the big issue you're trying to cover up the big problem that's going on God Jesus is speaking to us today saints of God and he's saying how can we receive fresh wine if we haven't been empty and cleaned of ourselves How can we receive the fresh outpouring of God if we fail to look at ourselves and say, God, empty me out of everything that's not like you, God. We have to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, listen, there's some stuff about me that's not right. And the only way it's going to change is if I ask God and repent and come to God and pray and ask me, God, do a change on the inside, God. Do an extreme makeover on the inside of me, Lord, because I want to be more like you. It doesn't matter if I get the things. If I get the things, that's all great and fine. But before I get the stuff, I need more of you. Oh, oh, don't know if you're a tough crowd today. But listen, and that's the problem that we have in, 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 in the body of Christ today. People are chasing after the stuff and they're not chasing after God. 
They want houses. They want money. They want a husband. They want a wife. But nobody is telling him that seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things shall be added unto you. We're seeking the stuff, but we're not seeking his righteousness. And so we're, because we're not seeking his righteousness, we're unrighteous people asking for a blessing from God. And God is saying, listen, oh, I got money. I got the earth is the Lord's and every, the, the earth is mine, everything in it. So I got the stuff. I got it all. But you're still dirty. You're still dirty. And listen, I want you to come to me as you are, but I need you to acknowledge the condition of your life. Some people, they're in denial about themselves. They're in denial about their condition. And they're going and they're doing church stuff. Serving in the church. Dancing. But there's still no change. Singing in the choir. But it's still no change. Paying your tithes. But it's still no change. Because you're in denial and you are blocking the Holy Spirit. From operating and moving in your life so that you can be able to receive the fresh wine that God wants to give you. But what I'm realizing is, saints of God, nobody wants to be emptied out. Oh, don't nobody want to go with me now. If I said something about some money, folks would have been running. Nobody wants to be empty out of themselves before God. No one wants to say, God, take away me, Lord. No one wants to surrender their life to God. Our vessels have become dirty, stale, and stagnant. It's almost like we practice practice, we, we practice packing for a trip every day. You know how you're trying to pack up for a trip and you got that one good suitcase because the other stuff is all torn and stuff. You don't want to put that stuff out. You don't want to take that with you publicly because you don't want folks to talk about you. And you get the one good suitcase that you're trying to put everything in it, and you're packing it, and you're packing it up. You sitting down trying to get, you sitting up, sitting down on top of the luggage trying to put stuff, more stuff in. You putting your foot in there trying to push stuff, uh, fold stuff up a certain way so that you can get everything in there. But what we fail to realize that you may have the stuff in there, but now your biggest problem is you can't zip it up. You can't zip it up. And as many of us in our lives, we're trying to pack stuff all the way in. We're trying to get as much as we can. And we realize there's no longer any room. There's no more room. You can't put nothing else in the bag. There's no more room. And then when there's no more room, you keep doing the same thing over and over again. And expecting God to do something new. Oh, I'm going to live any kind of way I want to live. But I know God. Oh, I'm going to go to church on Sunday. I'm going to dance. I'm going to shout. And God's going to do it. It doesn't work like that. God is not a genie that we can just rub and, and whatever it is that we wish. He does it for us. It's not, it doesn't work like that. We have a part that we have to play. We have to come. The Bible says come before him with clean hands and a pure heart. But nobody wants their hands to be clean. We want to continue to indulge and go around with dirty hands and think everything is all right. And so we walk around and we, we're, we're, we're walking around in insanity until our spirits are enlightened and realize, bam, I need to be emptied out. Because we will never be able to receive anything new as long as there's still junk in our life. 
Because sometimes, saints of God, listen, people, people, even if you can see a grown person, they still have things from their childhoods that they're dealing with. Things that would happen when they was four, five, six, seven, ten years old, and they're in their 70 or 80 years old, and they're still dealing with those things now. Listen, there comes a time in your, in your life where no matter how, how harmful it may be, no matter how hard it may be, that you have to deal with certain things in your life so that you can be able to get that old stuff out and so that God can be able to replenish you with the new wine. Nothing. It's flowing spiritually in your life. And we have the audacity to ask God to fill us up, even though we're full of it. Come on, tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, I love you, but you're full of it. I'm not going to say what you're full of. But we're full of it. And we have to cleanse ourselves. We have to clean ourselves out so that God can be able to put within us so that we can be able to spiritually flow in our life. Listen, this past week, and I I might run after I say this, you know, we had the problem going. We talked about this last week with the lights, but the lights got fixed. Simple things, simple things that had to be done. Somebody ought to give God praise for that one. I'm liable to run. Don't play with me today. And the guy, he came in. Brother Martin came in, and he looked at the lights, and he said, you, you, had, you got too much on your circuit breaker. You got too much. You're overriding your circuit breaker. Your circuit breaker was only built for like 20, uh, uh, 20, whatever the word you use after that. He said, but you're over 20. You're like at 22.89 or whatever. He said, but what you got to do is, he said, you got to take it. He said, listen, he said, climb up, climb up on that ladder, and you take a light bulb out of each one of the things. I said, man, are you for real? So I'm sitting there in my head. I'm not going to say nothing to this guy. He's six something, six feet tall, something, you know, older guy. I'm not going to say nothing to him, you know. So I get up on the ladder and I get it down. But in my head, I'm thinking, this is not going to work. And so I take the light bulb out. And um, the first thing I'm thinking in my head, man, how is this going to look? We got these light bulbs out and we got these chandeliers. People going to be in here looking at light bulbs. Well, the church definitely broke. We can't even afford no light bulbs. All this stuff going through my mind. I'm like, man, there has to be a better way to be able to get this problem fixed without having these light bulbs out here looking like this. And he said, listen, he said, I know you're probably worried about the cosmetics of how it look. He said, but it really doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter how it, how it looks just as long as the problem is getting solved. So many times we're coming before God and we filled up. And he's saying, listen, just take a look better this out. Just take a look better that out. And we're concerned about what other people are going to think. We're concerned about what other people have to say. And it does not matter what people think. It doesn't matter what folks may say. Just as long as the stuff is getting fixed because I'm overpowered. I'm running out of fuel. I'm running over. And until I can be able to get stuff off of me, then I can be able to receive the news. But we have to subtract and we can't worry about how it may look. We can't worry about how we may look. The most important thing is that I get delivered. I cannot be caught up in what, how things may look with my eyes. But the most important thing is that I get set free. It does not matter what has to be taken. I don't care if I have to lose my hair. I know my hair is already gone. But whatever else, whatever else that I have to lose, it does not 
not matter just as long as King Jesus comes into my life and comes into my heart and clean me up and make me more like him. Got a question for you, saints. When will you deal with the issues of your heart? When will you deal with the circumstances of your heart? You're all excited. And listen, that's nothing wrong with being excited about being in the new year. But there's still some things. If you realize there's still some things that's in your life. And when we begin to pray and seek God, God will show us things about ourselves. Sometimes that we may not necessarily want to see. But it's all a part of the process. Tell your neighbors all about the process. And that's another thing right there. Nobody wants to be processed. No one wants to be processed. No one wants to be seasoned. We want everything now. We want everything right now. How I want it. We're like Burger King. We want it our way. But we don't want to be processed. Matthew 7, uh, chapter 7, verse 3 says this. Says this. He says, why do you stare? From without at the very small particle that's in your brother's eye, but do not become aware and consider the beam of timber that's in your own eye. So many times we're so quick to look at what everybody else is doing. We're so quick to know and realize, oh, you know what? They're not living right. They're not living for the Lord. I thought they were really safe. And we're so caught up about what everybody else is doing in their life, but we have a timber in our eye. But we're in denial about what we're going through. We're in denial about our state. But we see everybody else's wrongdoing. And what I'm coming to realize, Elder Robinson, is that we put more attention on other folks and what they're doing wrong so that they can camouflage what we're doing. Oh, yes. We don't want to, we don't want to realize what we're going through. We don't want to realize how jacked up and how messed up that we are. So we fail, so we put the attention and draw the attention on somebody else. So we won't have to look at ourselves. God is saying, listen, before I do anything else in your life, before, listen, before I bless you with money, before I bless you with a husband, before I bless you with a car, before I bless you with a wife, before I bless you with all these great things that you're asking me for, I first need to do an extreme makeover in your life because if I can't trust you with small things, how can I trust you with big things? How can I trust you? With the big things. But you don't want to. You don't want to deal. With the issues of your heart. God is saying empty your water pot. He said not only do I want to fill your water pot. Jesus didn't just tell the servants to fill the water pot. He didn't tell them that saints. Is that that what the Bible said? He didn't tell them just to fill the water pot. He told them he said listen I want you to get the water pot. He said not only do I want you to fill it. But I want you to fill it all the way to the brim. Because what I desire to do in your life, I'm going to do it in such a way that it's not just going to be a filling to the stop. It's not just going to be a filling to the brim, but it's going to be an overflow that's going to take place in your life. But the only way that you're going to experience the overflow is if you empty yourself out before me. Don't chase after the things of God, but chase after God. Don't chase after what he can give you. Don't just call on his name because you want something, but call on his name because you desire to be closer 
to God. Having a relationship with God is not just a Sunday or a Bible study thing, but it's a personal relationship that God is looking for. You don't have to have nobody around you. You can be in a car and all of a sudden you have to literally pull over because you're so overtaken. When you think about the goodness and just how merciful and just how wonderful God is in your life, despite how you act, despite what you do. He said, I want you to live in the overflow. I want to fill you all the way up to the top. But I need you to let the old wine flow out so that I can be able to place within you New wine. New wine. He said, I want to fill you with new wine. But the old wine has to go. Sin that is consistent in our lives will cause for a spiritual stoppage to come up. Oftentimes, I know a lot of times we say, oh, you know what? It's those people that hate on me. They're blocking my flow. No. It's not your haters. It's not those that look at you crazy when you walk in a place. No, it's not those individuals. But it's the sin in our lives that's blocking our flow. Hurtful memories, bitterness, unforgiveness, disappointments, and strongholds hinder the work of the Holy Spirit when we deny him entry to come in and to solve the problem. We must be processed. Come on, take your neighbor and say, we must be processed by the Holy Spirit. There has to be a desperate, sincere yearning for the Lord for him to come and do what only he can do. There has to come to a time in our lives where we realize that, listen, this is something beyond my control. This is something I cannot do. What happens is we go around in life and we're at like, listen, yes, Jesus lives on the inside of us. But there's certain things that God says that, listen, I desire to do in your life. But I need you to take your hands off of it so I can do it. I'm trying to work it out. But every time I almost get the problem right, you come in and trying to help. You come in with your tidbits. You come in with your words. No, let me do what only I can do. The only way destinies and callings and, and purposes will be fulfilled is in us emptying ourselves out before God and asking him to fill us again. We got to become empty and we got to become thirsty and hungry for God. And we got to get to the place and say, we're so desperate. I don't care if I make a fool of myself. I don't care what I have to do. But I'm going to do whatever it is I have to do. I'm going to give up whatever it is I have to give up. I'm going to stop being with whoever it is so that I can be able to get to Jesus. But preacher, what are you talking about being desperate? Listen, have you ever been in a restaurant? Y'all say, yeah, this, this preacher talks so much about food restaurants and stuff. That's how Jesus used parables. Amen. It wasn't restaurants, but, you know, it's okay. It all makes the same thing work out. You ever been in a restaurant and get you, you know, you might be there, might be on a date, might be with some friends or whatever. You might be on a lunch, you know, dinner with your, uh, with your um, co-workers. There we go. And so, you're trying to be all polite and you're trying to get the waiter's attention. They walk past you like, I'm okay, they walk past all right. Let's, uh, Hey, if they come over there, can you tell them to stop over here? Okay. 
And they walk past again. And you, your glass is almost empty and you're so thirsty, but you just need another drink. You need something else to fill you up again, but you're, so, you're trying to be polite. You're trying not to lose your cool. You're trying not to come out of character, but you're trying to get their attention. Why? Because you realize, first of all, I have a problem. I'm almost out of water. And the only way I'm going to be able to get water, I can't go behind because there's certain places I can't go. Certain places I can't go because I don't have legal authorization to be able to go in the back where the cooks are to be able to get water and all the other stuff. So I have to get my server's attention so that he can be able to do it. I acknowledge that there's a problem and now I look to my servant because I realize they are the ones that can be able to do it. And so I'm sitting there and I'm trying to remain my cool. I'm trying to be polite. And every time they walk, I'm sitting on the edge of my seat because I'm trying to get their attention. Every way they move, I'm looking. Hey, When they walk past again, just pull their coattail and tell them, come on by here. And you're sitting there, you're trying to talk with you, and all of a sudden you realize, enough is enough. Listen here, sir, I need you to come over here and to give me another drink of water. If you have to chase them down, you will chase them down. If you're going to pass them a note, you're going to send them a note. If you're going to send them a text message, you will do that. You will do whatever it is you're going to do in order to be filled. God has said, I need some folks that if you're that desperate for your server to come give you some water, I need somebody. I need some people. I need a remnant that will be desperate enough to change after me and say, Jesus, I need you to fill me again. God, fill me again. If I got to run to get you, I'm running to get you. If I got to leave the past behind, I'm leaving the past behind to get filled again. Does anybody want to be filled? Does anybody want to be filled? Does anybody want to live in the overflow? Come on, tell your neighbor, say, let the old wine flow out. Let the old wine flow out. Come on, prophesy somebody. Let the old wine flow out. God wants to do a new thing in your life. God wants to turn some things around. But the old stuff has to be dismissed. Because when you're desperate for God, your attitude is by any means necessary. When I'm desperate for Jesus, there is no limit, there is no height, there is no depth that I will not take in order for him to fill me again. To fill me again. I know people often say, they say, well, pastor, you know, the pews in the parking lot they're not as packed as they used to be. That's all right. They were pastor, you know. Money and stuff has been tight. Money and stuff has been funny. It's all right. Why you said God is processing us. He's, done, he's trying to get our attention to get the old stuff out. So that he can be able to do a new thing. But he can't do a new thing if we keep trying to put our hands on everything and try to work it out, the gospel according to the flesh. But he's saying, let me do this. And he's saying the same thing in your life. Let me do this. Let me do it. And the way that I want to do it is I want to get you emptied out 
of everything. Even if you have to let go of some stuff that you love dearly. Let go of everything. That may be blocking. That may be hindering the move that I want to do in you. You don't have to run from revival to revival. You don't have to run up for everybody to pray for you and lay hands on you. Be careful of that anyway. Because everybody that say that they, that they of God are not. The Bible talk about uh, Paul called them dogs. They were still, they still got false prophets out there that was then, but we still got false prophets now. But God says, what I want to do, I'm the only one that can do it. Even if I use a vessel to be able to do it, I'm working within them to deposit and to impart within you. But I need you to empty yourself and to become so desperate for me that you don't even care if you eat or drink. You just want to bask in my presence. You don't care if the phone calls, if you miss phone calls, you turn your phone off, you, you're not trying to get on the computer, you're not concerned about all those things, but you just want more of me. Even if, if I wake you up in the middle of the night and you're thinking that's kind of strange, but God, why you got me up? Just start praying and worshiping me and, and magnifying me and open up your word and let me speak to you. He said, listen, I want to do a move in your life. I want to do something in your life that would literally blow your mind. But I'm the only one. I'm the only one that can do it. Are there any people in the house today that's desperate for Jesus? You said, listen, I know I got, I, I got a call and I got purpose. I got a destiny for my life. But that means absolutely nothing without Jesus. It means nothing without him. And if you're here in this place, I just want you to come. Just rush down to this altar. Just rush down to this altar with your hands lifted before the Lord and just crying out to the Lord. And say, Lord, empty me of me. Empty me of me. Empty me out, God. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. And renew a right spirit on the inside of me. Listen, David said the best. He said, whatever you do, don't cast me from your presence. Don't take away your Holy Spirit, Lord. Are there any desperate people in the house today? He said, Lord, fill me again. Fill me again, Lord. Fill me with your presence. Fill me with your anointing. Fill me with your power. Listen, I don't care where you are. If you got to bow down and lie prostrated in the aisle, I don't care. It does not matter. If you got to lie out at the, aisle, at the altar, if you got to walk around, I don't care what you have to do. But listen, I just need some desperate people just to begin to call on the name of Jesus and just begin to cry out to the Lord. Listen, I know you, you may cry. That's all well and fine. It does not matter. But don't listen. Without by any means necessary, whatever it is that you have to do, God, make me all over again Lord there's some things in me that's not right God there's some things I need you to renew and to redo in my life God there's some things I need you to transform on the inside of me God and by any means necessary God it may hurt to be processed it may hurt to be crushed God but whatever it is God I need you to do it because you're the only one Lord that can do it you're the only one that can do it
Nobody else can do it. No one else can be able to touch me the way that you touch me. No one else, Lord. No one else. 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 In the name of Jesus. Got to get to a place where you're tired of yourself. I'm tired of me. I'm tired of my attitude. I'm tired of my ways because my ways have gotten me nowhere. I'm still at the same place where I am right now. I'm stuck. I'm stagnant. There's no movement. There's no flow in my life. God, I need more of you. You've been the missing piece to the puzzle. I've been trying to do everything on my own. I've been trying to do everything um, by myself. But God, I need you. Deliverance is in the name of Jesus. He can deliver you from whatever it is. But you got to want to be delivered. You must want to be set free. Deliverance is in here right now. I don't care if it's drugs. I don't care if it is alcohol. Whatever it is, he can deliver. But you must be thirsty for him to come in and to fill you all over again. You got to be thirsty. 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 Fill my cup, Lord. 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 Fill my cup, Lord, and let it overflow. Let it overflow. Let it overflow. God, we give ourselves away, Lord. We give ourselves away, Lord, so that you can use us, Lord. We give ourselves away, Lord, so that you can be able to use us, God. Because our lives are not our own, Lord. Our lives are not our own, Lord. But we're in place here, Lord God, so that you can use me, Lord. Give ourselves away. We give ourselves away. In the name of Jesus. 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 Elder Hodges. In the name of Jesus.
Podcast with us.